It's scary to think that we, we can accidentally misconstrued a good worship song to actually worshiping God and being in his presence. Worship back then meant killing something. But God deemed worship as when Abraham was going up to the mountain to worship, as the scripture says, he wasn't going to just, his worship wasn't killing a thing. His worship was killing. He can't say, I'm, I'm being obedient, God, I'll be obedient, God, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll do this, I'll do that. And then you don't do it. There's no validity to that obedience because right? you're not truly being obedient because your actions aren't involved. How you guys doing? Thank you for tuning into another episode of Raw, Real, Authentic Worship. This is episode five, True Worship. Last episode, we talked about true repentance and what that is and how we can actually enact that in our lives. Today, we're going to be talking about true worship and what that really is, right? Um, because, you know, sometimes we can get a little misconstrued on what worship actually is. We might think it's a slow song, but we're about to get into that today. First thing I want to start off with, as always, is just a prayer to uh, prepare your heart, prepare your mind for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. On top of that, to be able to um, allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me as a vessel to speak to you. So we'll go ahead and start that now. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father God, in advance for what you are going to do right now, Lord Jesus. Jesus, I pray that you prepare their heart, that you prepare their mind, that you prepare their ears and their, their eyes, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, that when my mouth is open, Holy Spirit, that you speak through it, that you fill it, Lord Jesus, to speak to the person who's behind the screen who, or who's listening on right now, Lord Jesus. We thank you in advance for what you are going to do in this episode. In your mighty name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right. So well, the first thing I kind of want to start off with is uh, yes obviously it's true worship what i want to start off with is what does the world the secular world say worship is right um so the oxford dictionary uh defines worship as this the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for god or a deity the feeling or expression. Expression means the process of making known one's thoughts or feelings. So the world understands worship to be something that you feel, just uh, something that is uh, very self, uh, a very uh, an experience that is all controlled by your feelings and what you're thinking and and how your thoughts evoke more feelings. That's what they consider worship, all that towards a, a deity, towards a God. That's what the world thinks that worship is. And when I read that definition, it kind of shocked me because how much how much similarity do we have in the American church of the same thing? How often do we consider worship to also be something that is our feelings, something that we think, something that, that, that our thoughts are in control of? It's not something that is actually being done. It's not a moment. It's not an experience of, of surrender, but it's more so just a feeling of something that's currently happening, right? Too many people think that worshiping God is just putting on a slow song and getting goosebumps. I hate to burst your bubble, but worship songs nowadays have specific frequencies and vibrations that work to uh, motivate the brain 
to evoke a certain certain feeling. So like that build up. So you you hear that build up, you build up that build up that build up. So that speaks to your man, your brain, and you start to think that you're feeling something. It's crazy that the definition is is uh, of something of your thoughts and your feelings because those the vibrations and the frequencies of modern day worship songs and all the build ups and everything like that speaks to your brain to have you think a certain way. Uh, to have you think that your your body or your you're actually feeling something, right? It's scary to think that we we can accidentally misconstrued a good worship song to actually worshiping God and being in His presence, right? But we're gonna uncover all that today. Um, we're not gonna be talking about what your pastor says worship is. We're not gonna be talking about what you think worship is, your homie, or what I think worship is. We're gonna be talking about what does the Bible say worship is what does the word of god say what does god say true worship is what is true worship to god let's go back to the beginning or close to it you know genesis chapter 22 verse 1 through 5 says this he said to his servants stay here with the donkey while i and the boy go over there we will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. This is when God was testing Abraham's faith to go ahead and sacrifice Isaac, right? Without hesitation, the man's did it. Obviously, God came with the ram. So it was super dope, right? Um, but it references worship as going up to sacrifice something. So we're going to keep that going. First Samuel chapter 10 verse three says, then you will go on from there until you reach the great tree of Tabor. Three men going up to worship God at Bethel will meet you there. One will be carrying three goats, another three loaves of bread and another skin of wine. This is when Samuel was calling Saul to and anointing him as king. And he was sending them back home. And this is one of the places that he was about to stop at. It was kind of crazy to me to think that there was a common theme, especially in the Old Testament, um, that worship was in tune with sacrifice. Like worship to them was guilt offerings uh, to the Lord, burnings of fat and rams and killings of goats. The, that was considered worship back in the day. Worship nowadays is considered a slow song. Right. So back in the day, worship was considered sacrifice. Now, let's look at one more scripture. Hebrews 9, 9 says this is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. Right. The gifts and the sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of who of the worshiper. So back in the day, what was considered worship was the sacrifice of a thing. As a guilt offering, right? Especially in the Old Testament, right? So if true worship in the Bible is correlated to sacrifice, then true worship is sacrifice. Now, what is true sacrifice? True sacrifice is not just killing a thing. True sacrifice is not killing a thing. It's living a life of obedience to God and his commands. And this is confirmed in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. It says, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as much in as obeying the Lord? 
To obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than that of the fat of the rams. So again, back then, worship back then was considered a sacrifice of a thing. But first Samuel chapter 15, Samuel is saying to them, God delights in obedience rather than these things being sacrificed to him as true worship, right? And so let's go ahead. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living, what? Sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper, what? Worship, right? So worship back then meant killing something. But God deemed worship as killing your desire, as being obedient to God's command, right? So when Abraham was going up to the mountain to worship, as the scripture says, he wasn't going to just, his worship wasn't killing a thing. His worship was killing himself, was killing his flesh, was killing his own desires, right? And being obedient, that was the true worship. Jesus wasn't just dying. He was being obedient to the will of God. And Philippians chapter two, verse eight, it says, uh, and being found in appearance as a man talking about Jesus, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Hebrews 10, five through 10 says this. I'm going to read it real quick. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body prepared for me with burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased then i said here i am it is written about me in the scroll i have come to do your will my god first he said sacrifices and offerings burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire nor were you pleased with them though they were offered in accordance with the law then he said here i am i have come to do your will jesus in the garden of gethsemane even said to god Lord, if it's possible, take this, remove this cup from me, but not my will be done. Your will be done. And what did Paul say? Imitate me while I imitate Christ. So not only did Christ do is the perfect example for everything in our lives. He gave us the true template of what a true worship is. And that sacrifice of your own desire to follow the commands of God, to be obedient to what God is telling you to do. Right. So, again, Abraham wasn't killing a thing. He was killing his desire. His desire was dying to be obedient to God. Right. And so how do we properly worship? So let's go ahead and go to John chapter four, verse 23. It says, yet a time is coming and has now come with when the true worshipers will worship the father in the spirit and in truth. For they're the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and truth. So if we know that true worship is true sacrifice, and true sacrifice is obedience to God's commands, how do we truly worship? How, do we tru- how are we truly obedient to God? And that might sound mundane because you might know the answer, but let's get into it. Matthew chapter 21 Verse 28 through 31 says this, and it's talking about the parable of the two sons. Jesus is talking about that to the Pharisees. He says this, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. He said, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. 
which of the true did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. So your mouth can be saying yes, but if your actions aren't saying yes, you're not truly being obedient. You're not truly doing that thing. And I'll give us an example here, right? If I say that I love you, if I say that out of my mouth, I love you, and then I smack you in the face, what does that say? I'm a liar. I'm not truly, I'm not true. I don't truly love you, right? So you can't say I'm, I'm being obedient. God, I'll be obedient. God, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll do this. I'll do that. And then you w- don't do it. There's no validity to that obedience, right? Because you're not truly being obedient because your actions aren't involved. So let's get into that. It leads us to the next thing. First John chapter three, verse 18. It says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth, actions and in truth, right? So in first John, they knew that you can't truly love somebody and just say that you love somebody without actually acting that out. And it's the same exact thing. You can't truly say that you're obedient to Christ without acting it out. You can't say that you're truly worshiping God without acting it out. Because what is true worship? True sacrifice. What is true sacrifice? Obedience, right? So in order to be obedient, it has to be in action for it to be true, right? Now, in order, so, so we have that column down. We have action down. How do we get truth down, right? Isaiah one nineteen says this, and I'm going to pop it up right now. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. Not if you are willing, you will eat the good things of the land. And not if you are obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. But if you are willing and obedient, the same way that we love we worship in truth and in spirit the same way that we 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 love in action and in truth we are willing and obedient so in order to have we have the action down in order to have the truth down we have to have the correct heart posture we have to have the correct attitude behind our obedience behind our action behind our worship because you could be doing everything that god is telling you to do you could be doing everything your pastor is telling you to do you could be reading your bible you could be praying every day you could be praying over the sick you could be casting out demons you could be prophesying and doing this but if you don't have the right heart posture and the right mindset the right attitude while doing that it's null and void It's null and void because it's not in truth. It's in complacency. It's in obligation, right? So if you're complaining while you're doing something, keep in mind complaining kept the Israelites in the desert for 40 years. Complaining got the Israelites to forfeit their blessing, right? So if you're complaining while doing a thing, if you're complaining while being obedient to Christ, if you're complaining while really worshiping God, you're not going you're going to forfeit your blessing and not see why God was having you do this in the first place. I'll give us an example. Say God wants you to stop drinking coffee. He comes to you one day, "Hey, I want you to stop drinking coffee. You're drinking coffee too much. I want you to st- cut coffee out of your life." At first you'd be like, "No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. There's no way." But then eventually you will come around to it, right? He continues to let you know, hey, I want you to cut out coffee. I want you to cut out coffee. Coffee's not good for you. I don't want coffee in your life anymore. And you have that conviction every time you take a sip of coffee, right? So you decide to start cutting coffee out of your life, 
out of your life, right? So at first it was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I got to cut coffee. Fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. Fine, I'll do it. And if you continue to have that mindset, you'll blind yourself, right? You'll have blinders on as to why God was calling you to quit coffee in the first place, right? Because while you're just in blind obedience, obligationary obedience, and not in true obedience, right, which is having the correct heart posture, you're nullifying your worship, right? Because God could be having you quit the coffee so that way you're not spending so much money on the coffee so that way you can start saving it towards the ministry that he has for you so that way you can start spreading the gospel and not relying on a uh, on a substance to give you energy but on the joy of the Lord which gives you strength, right? You might miss out on all of that because you have the incorrect mindset, because you have the incorrect heart posture towards that obedience. Does that make any sense? So in order for you to actually worship God truly not only do we have to truly sacrifice right and what is true sacrifice we have to truly be obedient we have to sacrifice our own desires be obedient to the commands of God right but we can't do it mundanely we have to do it in truth that's our true and proper worship living a life for Christ and so I want to leave you with one question when was the last time you truly worshiped God now knowing what true worship is, what the Bible talks and says that true worship is. When was the last time you sacrificed your own desire to do what God told you to do? Not out of obligation, but out of truth, out of obedience, out of love for the Lord. When was the last time you did that? I'll leave you with that. So it's a little bit shorter of an episode, um, but now we're going to start getting into you know the specific topics of um, what it is to you know, truly live a life for Christ. What is our true and proper worship? To live a life for Christ. It's not always peaches and cream. And now we're going to go over um, specific topics and specific details that people may be struggling with. These are more uh, prologue type episodes to get us prepared to get into more in-depth episodes um, like those topics and stuff like that to encourage, equip, and uplift you. Um, because living a life for Christ, you know, living in true worship um is not is not always you know peaches and cream, and we want to you know we want to capture that and, and expose the work of the enemy and let you know that you're not alone, all right, and then equip you with the things that you need, and if you truly want to progress and grow in Christ, and so that's pretty much it. I hope you guys got something from it. I hope the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Um, like, comment, subscribe, follow, uh, share it. If only if the Holy Spirit is is pulling you to do so. Um, I appreciate everybody's time. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in. God bless.